Okay, here we go. Chicka bow bow. Chicka bow bow. Chicka bow bow. Yeah, it's a podcast, though. This is why we we mentioned that from the very top for those of you who think for some reason you're actually listening to the radio. No, 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 no. We're in the world of podcasting. Right, Ben? Yes. Ben Kitchen, everybody. One of the yes, great, Mike. great producers I've ever known in my broadcast career. I was fortunate. Sounds good, Mike. You know, when I had the Planet Mikey show on the radio. Yes, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, Maury. <laughs> When I had the show on the radio, I was fortunate to have two really great producers. I had three total, but I had two really great ones. Uh, of course, Jay Pod, who's gone on to bigger and better things in Vegas. Yeah, he's a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Patio Furniture, who's gone on to bigger and better things, too. He's building dog houses uh, over in Worcester for uh, people who need dog houses. So I'm just happy. So I had two really great producers, and you were one of the... I wish I had you on the show. Maybe we'd still be on the air. I doubt that, Mike. <laughs> okay, okay, Maury. We should never have watched that. I made him watch a segment from an old NECN show, and now he's he's become Maury Levine. That's right, Mike. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of my job search... <laughs> I don't call Comcast anymore. You know, I used to be on Comcast, and I I must have pissed somebody off. I had my wedding there. I think some of my guests got out of hand, so Comcast never invited me back. I don't know what happened. But I am I am doing the job search thing, and I know I've told – maybe I've told you guys that would happen to me. This is kind of weird. I decided one day, if it's good enough for Dave Cowens to quit the Celtics and drive a cab, which he did – Maybe I should become a Uber, an Uber driver. A Uber? You, well, I should Uber. <laughs> Maybe I should become an Uber driver. You should learn how to say it first. Well, I so I went on the site. And, you know, how do you become an Uber driver? Because I figured, you know, not the money. It's not because I'm just bored. I got nothing to do. I got a nice grand marquee. <laughs> it's kind of like a little old limo. I just drive people around. So I put in the thing for Uber. Said, okay, you have to send a copy of your license and your proof of insurance, right? So. I take my phone out, I pull the license out, I take a picture of it, and I send it. And then I look, and I realize that I had sent not my license, but my medical marijuana card into Uber. <laughs> does that enhance my chances of getting called? Or does it hurt my chances of getting called? I'm pretty sure. I'm an excellent driver. I'm pretty sure. Mm, I, I'm not positive about that either. I've been in the car with you. Four minutes to Wapner. Not not the safest, most pleasant experience in my life. K Kmart sucks. Yeah. All right. So anyway, I'm not going to get that gig. So here we are. And, Did uh, you try Lyft? Uh, no, I'm I'm more of a long line girl. What are you talking about, Lyft? They can't even spell the word, and I'm going to work for that company. Well, you can't spell either. L Y. Come on. What kind of morons are running that show? All right. So. Here we are. Is This is episode number, what, three? Oh, this is amazing. We are off and running. We always try to start the program, though, as you remember, Ben, from, what was it, six, seven days ago now? Mm. With news from around the world or around the globe or around the, uh, the country, around the state. And I got to tell you, just looking at Massachusetts news that's kind of fresh, it's the marijuana thing. The pot dispensaries opening up, the commercial, the recreational ones. That's big. That's a big story. That's right, Mike. 
You got to stop this. <laughs> All right, I'll stop now. You, you got, it's like you. It's like you visited both dispensaries and smoked everything you bought. You're like you're like no. Tomorrow. So what was the how much money have they made so far? You they, were telling me before. Well, I the report I heard today the first week they made they brought in two point two million dollars in that's in two two locations. And towns are having emergency meetings now and saying, we're going to have huge traffic. People can't back out of their driveways. We need red lights. We need police officers standing. No. What you need is more dispensaries because the more dispensaries, the fewer traffic, the less traffic there'll be going to the two that are open. Hello? Right? Like if you have 20 of them open, the lines are going to be 20 times less long. There are two dispensaries that are way out in the middle of nowhere. Right. Lester. Yeah, I, Northampton. I knew, I knew a guy from Lester. Uh, his first name was Mo. I used to call him Mo Lester. Seriously, that's a true story. You're just a jerk. It's, it's a true story. Uh, it's just mean. But Lester, there's, I lived in a little section of Lester called Rochdale. When I first got there, I thought it was Rochdale. And maybe they're going to change it back now with all this legalization stuff. But I tell people, where do you live? Rochdale. Everybody comes, it's Rochdale, you idiot. You know? <laughs> So, you are an idiot. And I'd tell people later, where do you live? I'd say Rochdale, like Roch as in crotch, not Roach as in, you know, joint. So the excitement is that the, the things are open and everybody's lining up and you see the idiots, you know, they always call the people the idiots that go to the dispensaries. None of them have jobs. Of course not. But that is the biggest. And of course, Massachusetts gets 10 percent or 10 or 11 percent. And then there's an extra 6 percent sales tax. So 17 percent of whatever you're paying for an ounce of weed, let's say it's 300. 16% of it's going to the state. So why don't they open more? If they made $2 million in two locations, they should open a 100 of them, right? Right. And then get rid of the mass pike tolls. I actually haven't taken the pike forever, because now I live way the hell out of here. So I got to say that... Those the, shitty little towns that no one else lives in. The pike blows. I've been driving up and down it for years. Honestly, since 92. I've been on the pike almost every single day of my life. And the money I've spent and the frustrating traffic, they should just blow up the whole damn road, make everybody go Route 20. That would be the worst. <laughs> you trying to kill our elder friend over here? Yeah, there would be, there would be deaths. There would be murders. Uh, I decided to, uh, that today might be a good idea on this particular podcast to yes. tell in, in its complete unedited form, with actual linguistics involved, the story of the monkey. Are you familiar with that at all? I know you had a monkey. That's about the limit of my knowledge of the monkey story, if Good. it even involves the monkey you owned. It Does is, it involve the monkey you owned? The monkey I owned. What was the monkey's name? Gilligan. G when was this? Uh, this was when I was 19. So it was the early 70s, you know, 73, 4, I don't know, somewhere in there. I, was I suppose you thought you were the professor. Well, here's what happened. I bought a monkey. I went into a pet store. I was, I admittedly was a little bit stoned. Okay. Surprise. I bought a monkey for a hundred bucks. The pet store owner gave me the cage, nice cage for free. And I should have, I should have noticed mm -hmm. that that's what clue he was doing. one. <laughs> I took the Gotta thing get rid home. of this monkey. There was no Google. I didn't know what to do with the monkey. I gave him some bananas, some grapes, but here was the problem with this monkey. First of all, every time I would reach in the cage to try to Take him out to clean the cage. What kind of monkey was this? A capuchin. Okay. He would try to bite me. He would try to grab my finger and pull it toward his mouth, and he'd go, hey, just like that. And he'd try to bite my finger or whatever I put in there. And so I, I didn't like that. It freaked me out. Do you know why that is? I have a theory. He was an asshole. Mm, no, he was no. an asshole. Well, I'm I think you, I think you're going to hear how much so, of an asshole. So every this time. Was. You put your hand in the cage. He grabbed your finger, uh, yeah. presumably your index finger, yeah. and tried to bite it. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming this is some kind of defense mechanism for the monkey. Gilligan, 
Probably because the previous owner of the monkey, the pet store owner, had hurt him. Uh, okay, I, I think he. That's not my that. fault. I paid a hundred bucks <laughs> for this monkey. I expect him to sit on my shoulder while I play the organ grinder and do a little dance and put the cup out there. You think monkeys are smart enough to do that because you see it on TV? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So you say, okay, well, this is gonna be cute. Guess what? This what? monkey was an asshole from the very first day. First of all, I didn't know at the time monkeys uh, have a tendency to throw their balls of shit out of the cage because they love clean cages. So I come home every day, and around the cage would be what I called the <laughs> ring of shit. And it was torn up newspaper that had urine on it that he would throw that out too, and his little balls of poop. And so that, right, a perfect ring around his cage of nothing but piss and poop and newspaper. How the big ring is this poop, of shit. Is it, it is was. it like rabbit, like little rabbit shits? Uh, bigger than that, but smellier and moister. Kind of like more, just like more like cookie baby dough, poo. More like cookie dough, it's less like, like M and M's than the, than the rabbits. Oh. So anyway, so <laughs> oh. I said, okay, well this is going to be good. Every day I'm going to have to clean up monkey shit when I get home. That's mm. okay because look how cute he is. <laughs> so. I, get to, I invite this girl I worked with over. Her name is Linda. And I said, Linda, come on over mm. and see my monkey. Linda. And she says, okay. This monkey is about, I'd say, 11 inches high, maybe 12 inches high. What, what, what is? The monkey. Oh, okay. She brings this big, giant bag of grapes and three full bananas. Now, the monkey chows into the first banana, then eats about 10 grapes. Then, while she's watching, pukes onto his arms. <laughs> he pukes onto his arms and proceeds to eat the puke off his own arms. How romantic for this girl, right? When I've never used the word re-ate until I had this monkey who re-ate his bananas and his grapes. So I hated this monkey, and he used to piss me off. Now, when he would get loose, he would jump. He was really a good jumper. So, okay, he'd land on the kitchen table, and I'd go, come on, Gilligan, come on. And I'd try to get close. And when I got within six inches, he'd go, and he'd jump from here to there, leaving a little bit of diarrhea behind him on the table. Now he's on the stereo. I go over, come on. He jumps again from the stereo, leaves more diarrhea on the stereo, and lands on the bed. Okay, you know the, the drill. There's five patches of diarrhea before I grab his little neck and stick him in the cage, swear at him, bang on the corner of the cage, and say, you're a fucking asshole. And those were the better days with this monkey. So... After a while, I got used to it, cleaning up the shit and everything. And I said, okay. So one day I, I was at work for like a 12-hour shift, and I came home and I realized it was the summertime that I'd left them in front of the air conditioner uh, for 12 hours. <laughs> and monkeys like it humid and tropical, right? So he's on the floor of the cage shivering. Like he's just – it's like 11 at night. I go, oh, my God. And he's on the thing. Go, he's laying there on the floor of his cage. I said, I better, I better call a vet in the morning, you know. Next morning I wake up. He's dead. Deader than, I mean, stiff. Like, I picked him up. He'd already had, rigor mortis had already set in. He's a stiff little monkey. And I got him in my hand. I'm going, oh, no. I look in a phone book under monkey mortuaries. I didn't find one. So I threw him in the dumpster behind my apartment. <laughs> I did. I put him in a little brown paper bag, put him in the dumpster, and then my what? my next thought was, the guy that dumps the dumpster, what What if he's watching all the stuff flow by milk cartons and egg cartons and garbage? All of a sudden, a monkey goes by him. What's he going to What's he gonna think? Who lives here? You know. But that's a true story, the story of Gilligan. I think he lasted a, probably a month and a half under my on my watch. People say, Mikey, you killed that monkey. I say, no, no. 
He died on my watch. <laughs> That's a true, every fucking bit of that story is true. Right. It's time now for Around the Weird. I'm not sure I even know what that is. Around the Weird is brought to you by Perfect Polly. More on that coming up. Did you get yours yet? Your Perfect Polly? What? I'm afraid. What well, is Perfect I'm a, Polly? I'm going to wait till Christmas then. Surprise you with the Perfect Polly. One of our new sponsors, by the way, on the uh, Planet Mikey podcast, Jesus. Ben. We'll have a commercial even coming up for those uh, the entertainment of our listening audience. Two things I want to just mention really quickly. Did anyone ever get to the bottom of where the, the caravan shit is put? The, the 10,000 people with a pound of feces per day walking up here through Mexico. And wh- what happened to – how many days did it take them? 20? That's 20,000 – that's 100,000 tons of shit. From, <laughs> do we find out what someone's doing about that? No. Okay, we'll, we'll stay on that. Here are some reasons the Patriots – people say, oh, they don't get enough credit for what they've done over the last 18 years. What? They don't get enough credit. Uh, we hear about Brady. We hear about Belichick. You say, oh, the greatest coach and the greatest, uh, you know. Do you know what what kind of obstacles that has given them to future Super Bowl appearances every year being so great? Every single year? How about draft position? Their draft position is always 30, 31, you know, 32, 28, uh, because they're always in the top one, two, three, four teams at the end of the year. That's a huge – they don't get the top draft picks. Okay, that's number one. Um, the other team has 18 years' worth of video on Tom Brady to study his habits, what he does, the way he looks, his tendencies, his preferences. They've had all this extra video look, and not just the games in the regular season, the postseason games, up close and personal. They got the inside story on Tom Brady. How about strength of schedule? How about it? Strength of schedule. How is it? Ben, you know this. <laughs> Maybe. How is strength of schedule every single year determined? Weightlifting competition. No. By Whichever how... <laughs> team Dinkus. aggregates the most weight via bench presses, no. they get the you're, easiest schedule. You're on something. Uh, it, it's, the, it's how you did last year. And they, they give you the hardest opponents Based on who beat you last year, who you played last year, and what your record was, correct? That's not. I mean, the Patriots. Think about it. They've always had the toughest schedule every year because they're always in the top teams, correct? Correct. So they've overcome that. But hold on. What about the fact that they play in the worst division? Why is it the worst division? Who? What makes you say that? Because the other teams are largely terrible. Oh, their records are terrible. You're saying at the end of the year their records aren't good. The East, AFC East? Because they play the Patriots twice. That's why their record's not good. The reason those teams look weak is because the Patriots beat the shit out of them and make their record an extra two losses for each team. Okay, so couldn't they just okay. go 14-2 and two then? How about this? Every other team you know that plays the Patriots, they get up for that game. They give you the best effort because their coach has been telling them all week, you're not going to beat the Patriots unless you give 110%. So they're out there fired up because it's the Patriots. So the Patriots don't even have the ease of that. They always have people gunning for them, right? Are these all good reasons why the Patriots should get more credit than they get? 
How about a primetime schedule? They have short weeks. They have nighttime games, weird travel arrangements based on the fact that they're always on a Monday or a Sunday night game, right? How about the coaching departures? All their other coaches leave, and they go coach other teams to successful programs, leaving Belichick to have to train somebody new. But they maintain their dominance. This is what makes them special. Um, I have to uh, issue a, an apology for doing an intro to a particular segment of the podcast, Ben. Around the weird, and then I forgot about it. I went you off sure on did, my patriotic crap. So I, I'm sorry to you and yours, mine, and all those listening to this broadcast. By the way, this uh, this podcast makes a perfect substitute for something you don't want to listen to on the radio. When you're driving along, you know, some show sucks. You just put the podcast in, and then we can suck better. <laughs> for a few How minutes. How much better do you suck? As much as necessary. That's a fair answer. Around the Weird is, of course, uh, brought to you by Dr. Robert Leonard, uh, Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, and Dr. Uh, Matthew Lepresti as well, who made me. Uh, a hairy guy from uh, a balding man. What's your first story, Benny? Let's come from Bali. Bali or Bali? I'm going with Bali. A Balinese teenager has been forced to marry a cow he was caught having sex with in a rice paddy. Sounds like an utter disaster. Ngura Elite 18 reportedly passed out during the wedding ceremony. As per local tradition, the to cleanse the village, the cow was drowned in the ocean while Elite was ceremoniously bathed in the water and his clothes were destroyed. What's the weirdest part of that story? You think that's weird, huh? What's the weirdest part of that story? When the cow fell over and killed the guy? The fact that an 18-year-old kid f***ed a cow in a rice paddy. Please, your language. The fact that the villagers that made out, him Smitty? marry the cow. The fact that... You don't say fuck on the fucking podcast, you fuckhead. They drowned the cow in the ocean. What's the weirdest part? Uh, that, that you found that story somewhere. A Moroccan woman has been accused of killing her lover and serving up his remains to Pakistani workers in the UAE. Mm. According to prosecutors... The woman killed her boyfriend three months ago, they say. But the crime was only recently discovered when a human tooth was found inside her blender. Oh. She can. These are true stories. She confessed to police, calling it a moment of, quote, insanity. State-owned newspaper The National reports the woman who's in her 30s will go on trial pending an investigation. A Pennsylvania woman has died after a meth overdose. Serves Led her, right. her to insert a gas pump into her ass and begin pumping fuel into her body. Shocked she was irregular. W- it was diesel. Shocked witnesses said the woman called out, Oh, that feels good. Before the cashier activated the emergency shutoff, the woman collapsed and was pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. She was going to call in sick to work anyway. You know, I, I got, can't come in. I got bad gas. A Chinese gang netted over $6 million by recycling used condoms and selling them to unsuspecting supermarkets and hotel chains. Come again? Cops in Hebei. (laughs) 
Hey, bye. <laughs> Sorry. Move along. Move Cops along. Cops in Hey, bye. Seized 60, uh, 500,000 boxes of crude fakes, fake rubbers. The bust saw 17 people arrested across Henan, Hebei, and Zhewang. Especially in Zhewang. Not only that, there was a sudden rush of births at the hospital nine months later. And a lot of VD. (laughs) That's gross. I'm disgusted with myself. When I make a claim that's so seemingly outrageous to some people... Strong claim that I am the smartest man alive. TSMA is what I call it. That's the logo I have. The hats. You can get your hats. We have a merchandise store. TSMA. Ben says, first of all, you're pompous and you're haughty. No. I I, am? Listen, no. Or is that what I say about you? That's what you say about me. I, you know, people say, people used to say, you're so cocky. And I'd say, I'm not cocky. I'm just more awesomer than almost everybody else. I do think you're an arrogant prick, <laughs> and I don't believe you for a second. <laughs> Smartest man alive, again, this is not the most educated. It's not like I can spout off, you know, uh, chemistry formulas and, you know, compound co- and, and meteorological. No. Or finish sentences. I, fi- sometimes you're smart enough to understand what I'm getting at before I finish the sentence. If you just keep up. Try to keep up. So I say to Ben, and no matter what you want to do, you pull out questions out of your ass. You can go Google them. You can get Encyclopedia Britannica. I've said this before. I know every single song ever from, from 1964 to 1974. Every song, the length of the intro, the year it was done, who the artist is. So, you know, have at it there, hero. All right. Hot 100, 1970. Billboard. Yeah. Okay. So I was driving. That's good. That's a good thing. You know. What opened the year as the number one hit? No, that's not how you do this. No, that's that's no, you said that's, you're no, the no. smartest man alive. Open the year. I don't understand what you're talking about. How? how yes, open the year, January. What started what the, the year? Well, it's probably the one number of, one hit. It's probably one of two songs. It was either by the Guess Who or by B.J. Thomas. Uh, if it was B.J. Thomas, I'm going to say uh, "Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head," which was the soundtrack from. Butch Casting the Sundance Kid. It was by B.J. Thomas. All right, Smarty Pants. By the way, B.J. Thomas is from Texas. And you know what B.J. stands for? (laughs) (laughs) Something's falling on his head. All right, the month of March, 1970, Hot 100, number one hit. Took up the whole month. But this this is not how you do the game. I don't know how to do the game. You don't even tell me how to do the game. You're so smart. You you, You name the song or the artist, and I tell you what it is. What year? Whatever you want to do. I don't care. I name the song or the artist. Name a song, and, uh, you know, for, and I'll tell you who did it. Well, that's well, not you, that I, hard. Oh, okay. Uh, let me do it to you, then. That's what I was doing to you, is making it difficult. I wanted the audience to be impressed. That's not how you play the game. This isn't a game This to is me. like saying, all right, we're going to play Monopoly. I'll spin the spinner. No, you roll the dice. Not if it comes with a spinner. If it has a spinner, you spin the spinner. All right, I'm not playing this game anymore. Or if you take right. the spinner from the life <laughs> I'm not board. Playing. I'm not playing. <laughs> all right. Fine. I guess you don't know what the number one hit from the entire month of March from 1970 was. Was it Bridge Over Troubled Water? All right. Can we put this beyond us now? Was it? Bridge over trouble. Yes. I thought I knew that. I knew it was. Why did you make it so because difficult then? You're not abiding by the predetermined rules of the game. Like you ever play the name game? 
I don't know what the name game is. All right, I throw out the name Ben. Now yes. you say name a famous Ben. Ben Franklin. Okay, I'll say a Ben uh, Ben uh, Grieve. <laughs> it's famous only to you and me. You did Ben Franklin. You took the good one. The rookie of the year from 1998. Okay, your turn. Ben, name a Ben. This should be easy for you. It's your own name. Ben Bailey. Okay. Cash Cab. I like that show. Uncle Ben, the guy on the converted converted rice. Why's it got to be converted rice? Hey, had a religious epiphany. Why wasn't it happy with the religion it was born with? It's your turn, Ben. Ben Vereen. Oh, my God. That was a good one. Benny King. Benny Goodman. Ah. Ben, who? who? Who's the guy on the... Uh, who was the, the, the English TV show? Benny. Uh... Hill. Oh. <laughs> and Benny Hill for $5. Yeah, of course, the 90-year-old in the room remembers shows on the BBC <laughs> in 1963. Come on, Ben. Ben Kenobi. Ben Cartwright. These Bill... are imaginary people, by the way. <clears throat> we hit with... Bill Cartwright. But you get how it's played, right? Which you didn't get when we were playing the music game a couple minutes ago. All right, so I name either the song title or the artist. So what if I just name the artist? You can just rattle off like 50 of their songs. All right, so name the song title. I'll tell you who the artist is. There's a lot of one-hit wonders back then. Come on. All right. You can do this. Uh, My Sweet Lord. George Harrison. Tears of a Clown. Smokey Robinson, The Miracles. Cracklin' Rosie. That is Neil Diamond. It's also a fart. (laughs) Make It With You. Oh, Cracklin' Rosie. That's Bread. David Gates and Bread. Everything is Beautiful. Ray Stevens, in its own way. Venus. Shocking blue. It's like falling off a log. You're a freak. Come on. Keep them going. You're a freak. I'm good. I'm done. I get it. Four minutes to Wapner. I get it. You never grew up. Well, coming up on this particular podcast in the near future, we're going to have some uh, some guests. We have, of course, done our due diligence. Uh, when, you know, when it comes to booking guests, I think it's fair that we're going to we're going to take turns on that. Uh, ben has some friends and some family members he wants to come in. They're, they're in catering, right, pretty much, aren't they? Pretty much. Yeah. But they're Weddings, good. They're good. They funerals. Do. I hear they're really going to have high-quality stuff. The occasional breasts. So in between those appearances, <laughs> in between those appearances by Ben's family members who also cater, uh, we'll have some actual famous celebrities, some people, are actors and singers and dancers and, you know, nude models. I don't see what and the appeal is to that. A lot of athletes. Maybe some nude athletes. Uh, the next episode, in fact, we'll have a guest, uh, no matter who it is, even if it's Topo Gigio. 